Hello. Before we jump into the show, we need to shout out our awesome new sponsor, Marquee TV. Man, I was so excited when we got the news about the sponsor. You all might remember from a few weeks ago that I talked about my new Shakespeare project where I'm learning everything I can about Macbeth. It felt like we said the name Shakespeare out loud and the marquee people appeared and said, (laughs) we gotcha. It really did. Yeah. In case you're not familiar, Marquee TV is a streaming service. They have theater, ballet, opera, documentaries. There's a bunch of behind the scenes content of productions. Basically, it's a fun way to nerd out about the arts. Yeah, it's a streaming service that will take you to the best theaters in the world from the comfort of your own sofa. I've already added so many things to our watch list. Did you know there's a ballet based on the works of Beatrix Potter? I did. They've got a little preview video of somebody dancing around in a rabbit costume. Peter Rabbit doing ballet. (laughs) I also added a few hip-hop dance shows just to balance out the dancing bunnies. Yeah, (laughs) hip-hopra. That's what they call it. They do. It's so fun. Mozart's Requiem from the London Philharmonic Orchestra and a bunch of Shakespeare plays, including Richard II starring my pretend best friend, David Tennant. And Judy Dench talking about her long relationship with Shakespeare in a master class. Yeah, I love Judy Dench. Sure. But David Tennant. Yeah, that's quite a battle there. Okay. There's a special deal for our listeners. Marquee TV is offering three months of their service for 99 cents. You get three months of all of this good stuff for 99 cents yeah. with the code SSOP. That cost seems absurdly low to me. Like first, I expected it to be much higher given the quality of the content, but also 99 cents. You, you can't park next to a theater for 99 cents. Accurate. Also, if you watch Marquee TV, you get to see these shows maybe wearing your pajamas and hanging out with your cat yeah. or your dog. Yeah. It's a good way to sort of indulge your own curiosity. You can see all the performances of Hamlet or maybe the first 15 minutes of all of the performances of Hamlet, and you don't have to rope your friends and family into all of that. Or you could watch Richard II over and over and over and over. <laughs> What's the best angle for David Tennant in Richard II? Trick question. All of them. <laughs> anyway, You definitely need to explore the website because there is a ton of really fun, fascinating, engaging stuff on there. I went in specifically looking for Shakespeare and I found a ton of other things I wanted to watch. Yeah. You can keep up with what they're doing on social media at Marquee Arts TV. You can visit their website at marquee.tv. That's marquee.tv to get three months of their service for just 99 cents with the promo code SSOP. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. And now the show. Coming up, a cunning mystery set on a train in Australia. A graphic novel about a punk band lost in time. Plus, our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. I eat up closed circle mysteries like popcorn. And if they're set on a train, it's like having just the right amount of salt and extra butter. (laughs) Accurate. I'm feeling a little snacky today. Yeah. So I am predisposed to like the new novel, Everyone on This Train is a Suspect by Benjamin Stevenson. That's a great title. The cover is really, really cute, too. I urge you to take a look at the cover of that book. Benjamin Stevenson is well-known in Australia as a stand-up comedian, and his 2022 book, 
Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone was a massive hit. It was published in 26 countries, and it's in the works as an HBO series. That story is an homage and a send-up of Golden Age murder mystery tropes. It has a very cheeky narrator who breaks the fourth wall and speaks directly to the reader. That narrator's name is Ernest Cunningham. He's an author, and he's back for this sequel. Oh, that's fun. And the conceit of this book is that the novel he wrote about the murder in Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone has made him so famous, he's been invited to a prestigious writer's festival aboard a famous train that runs between Darwin in the north and Adelaide in the south in Australia. That sounds fantastic. It's a lot of meta story. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. He's joined on board by crime writing luminaries, including a forensic science writer, a writer of literary mysteries, a best-selling mystery author, a psychological suspense writer, and the author of legal thrillers. So in short, they are all experts in murder, how to write a murder, how to investigate a murder, how to get away with murder. This sounds like it might be based on an event that the author lived through. You think he was on a train and there was a murder? I think he was gathered with other murder writers and had this thought about, what if somebody here killed somebody? Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, and then set it on a train because it's fun. So, of course, one of them winds up dead. Yep. And the others, including the narrator, Ernest, turn detective, but they're also all suspects. I love a voicey narrator. And this guy is the voiciest of voicey narrators. <laughs> he has a lot of personality, and he's quite cagey with his exposition. Before the murder in this book takes place, he warns that a comma will be a pivotal clue. Wow. Kirkus wrote, It's not for everyone. But if you want to read a supercharged meta pastiche like this, this is exactly the one to read. <laughs> Based on that description, I think you'll know if the book is right for you. It feels very right for me. It's Everyone on This Train is a Suspect by Benjamin Stevenson. If you like books set on trains, there are fantastic train books in our Strong Sense of Place episode, Trains, Better Than Planes and Cars, Fight Me. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes. Nate Powell was the first graphic novelist to win a National Book Award. He won for the last book in the March series. That is an autobiography of the civil rights leader and U.S. Congressman John Lewis. March is a strong argument for the strength of graphic novels. It shows Lewis's life and the ideas that inspired him succinctly and powerfully. And it combines sort of a movie's brevity and punch with a novel's character study. I feel like nonfiction graphic novels kind of bridge the gap for me between kids, history books and biographies, and adult biographies, because I love the storytelling in kids' history books, but they don't have enough depth for me. Right. But adult biographies are often so packed with dates and names that they kind of lose the storytelling aspect. Right. They wander into scholarly. Yes. But graphic novels, yeah. nonfiction graphic novels, what do we call nonfiction graphic novels? That's right now what we call them, which is unfortunate. It's contradictory. It is. Anyway, I love them, yeah. no matter what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Powell's next book just came out this week. It's called Fall Through, and it's the story of a punk band from Arkansas. They have a song that fractures time. 
Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they play the song, they wind up in a slightly alternate world. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Each world is one where the legend of the band exists, but they themselves have never been. The book is said to be a tribute to the punk, rocking all night and sleeping on the floor lifestyle with a bit of something like Russian Doll or Groundhog Day. Powell is writing from the heart on this one. He is a punk musician from Little Rock who once owned a record label. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. If you're curious about what the work looks like, there are a few pages posted on Amazon and we'll link to them. The book is called Fall Through and it's by Nate Powell. And now our distraction of the week. If you're listening to this on release day, Valentine's Day is coming up. I have mixed feelings about Valentine's Day. Same. Yeah. On one hand, there's the commercialization of a private relationship, and that feels, at best, unnecessary. That made you sound really unfun, Dave, I'm just going to (laughs) say. But go on. I'm going to try to make it up. But before that, Valentine's Day can also make people who are either not in relationships or are in poor relationships feel inadequate about who they are and where they are in their lives, and I am categorically against that. I am too. Yeah. That's nonsense, making people feel bad about that. Yeah. But on the other hand, I am in favor of having a day that celebrates love of all kinds. I believe that love is why we're here. I think it's the best we are when we are mindfully loving. We are here to be kind to one another and travel together and age together and get to know others on a profound level and try to support them unselfishly. I'm not sure how I feel about the Yogi Ram Das, but he said, we are all just walking each other home. And that has stuck with me since I heard it. It's nice to recognize that every day, but if we need to pull out a special day for love, that seems okay to me. I feel like you just made a really good argument for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm wondering if Valentine's Day is kind of in the approach. I bring all of that up so that I have an excuse to read you a poem I found a couple of weeks ago. This poem is by Matthew Olsman. He was born in Detroit, and he now teaches at Dartmouth in New Hampshire, along with his wife, Vivi Francis. I don't know much about him. I looked around on the net to sort of find his stuff. All I found was his work. Based on what I've read that he's written, I feel like we would be friends if we found ourselves going to the same bookstore or coffee shop regularly. He is the author of three poetry books, and this is from his first book. This is a poem called Mountain Dew Commercial Disguised as a Love Poem. So here's what I've got, the reasons why our marriage might work. Because you wear pink, but write poems about bullets and gravestones. Because you yell at your keys when you lose them and laugh loudly at your own jokes. Because you can hold a pistol, got a pig, because you memorize songs, even commercials from 30 years back, and sing them when vacuuming. You have soft hands. Because when we moved, the contents of what you packed were written inside the boxes. Because you think swans are overrated and kind of stupid. Because you drove me to the train station. You drove me to Minneapolis. You drove me to Providence. Because you underline everything you read and circle the things you think are important and put stars next to the things you think I should think are important. 
and write notes in the margins about all the people you're mad at, and my name almost never appears there. Because you made that pork recipe you found in the Frito Kahlo cookbook. Because when you read that essay about Rilke, you underlined the whole thing, except the part where Rilke says, love means to deny the self and to be consumed in flames. Because when the lights are off, the curtains drawn, and an additional sheet is nailed over the windows, you still believe someone outside can see you. And one day, five summers ago, when you couldn't put gas in your car, when your fridge was so empty, not even leftovers or condiments, there was a single 20-ounce bottle of Mountain Dew which you paid for with your last damn dime because you once overheard me say that I liked it. That's Mountain Dew Commercial Disguised as a Love Poem by Matthew Olsman, and happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more on the books we talked about today and for links to more poetry by Matthew Olsman. Thanks for joining us on the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon.